chapter 22, verses 31 through 32. If you have found that, would you please stand, or even if not, would you stand in the honor of the reading of the Word of God? Luke chapter 22, verse 31 and verse 32, says this, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. I want to draw your special attention to that statement in verse 32. But I have prayed for you. Let's open in prayer. Father, we love you tonight. God, we're honored. Honored to have the opportunity to come before you. Lord, I acknowledge right here, Father, before you most of all and before these people. God, that I need you to touch me. I do pray that you touch me physically, Lord, and give me strength tonight. How do you know what I need? Most of all, Lord, I simply pray, God, that you would touch me with the anointing power of heaven. God, that I would preach not in man's strength nor in man's wisdom, but God, under the anointing and unction of the Holy Spirit of God. Father, I pray that tonight you would take the veil off of the eyes, God, of those here that have not yet come to know you in the free pardon of sin, and that, God, tonight they would be saved. Lord, I also pray that tonight, God, You would encourage Your people. God, that You'd speak to us, Lord, each of us in the very place that we are, God. Let us hear from You tonight, God. Have Your way, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. One of the things that intrigued me about this particular passage, the first time it kind of jumped off the page to me, was that Satan has desired Simon Peter. He's desired to sift him as wheat. In other words, to see what he's made of, to shake him up, and see what he can shake out of him and possibly destroy his faith. Jesus says, but I have prayed for you. And one of the things that's just, when I read it and it jumped off the page to me, was that Jesus did not pray that Satan would not do it. And that thought began to run around in my head and I began to pray and ask God some things and seek the Lord on this. And I just pray tonight that what God showed me, He'll help me to get out of me somehow or some way. The first thing I want to tell you tonight is an obvious thing, but it it, it is important that we are reminded of it. He said, Satan has asked for you. Satan has desired you. Can I tell you that we have a real enemy? There is a real devil and there are lots of little devils. We have a real spiritual enemy. As sure as our God is in heaven, as sure as the spotless Lamb of God came to this earth, born as a virgin, lived 33 years lived and died then on Calvary's cross and was raised from the grave on the third day, as sure as our God is God, there is a real devil and he is out to destroy the church of God and discourage the people of God. 
I'm telling you, we get confused and we think that we are battling each other. We get confused and we think that we're battling the circumstances of this world. But there is a real devil and he is out to destroy us and he is out to, he is out to steal, kill and destroy and that's all that he wants to do. You know, we're doing ourselves a grave disservice when we forget the reality that there is an enemy that wants to kill us. There are too many folks who think there's only one side to the story, that God is good, that God is loving, that He desires to take care of us. And and, and they do not realize when they begin their journey that there is an enemy that wants to trip you at every step. There is an enemy that wants to destroy you. There is an enemy that wants to ruin your marriage. There is an enemy that wants to ruin your ministry. There is an enemy that is after your faith, and he wants to destroy you tonight. See, Peter knew what he was talking about in 1 Peter chapter 5 when he told us that the devil was as a roaring lion out to devour whom he may. Can I tell you tonight that Satan will desire you if you're doing anything for God? If you're doing anything for God, there will be devils that come against you and try to stop you and discourage you and trip you up and cause you to live in despair and fear and worry and doubt until you finally say, this is not worth it, this is too hard, this is not fair, and you end up giving up because you weren't ready for the fact there is a real enemy that tries to stop the work of God. Well, Satan has desired you, but number two tonight, Jesus said, but I have prayed. We can learn a lot about prayer by studying the way the Lord prayed. I'm convinced that most of us pray wrong. There's nothing wrong with praying. Rarely do we pray the right way and for the right things. You see, he wasn't so much concerned about Peter's worldly wealth his earthly comforts, or conflict-free living, which is what most of us pray for. He did not pray that Satan would not sift Peter. He could have simply prayed against it. This is the, the Creator of heaven and earth, the One who spoke and the world came into existence. The Bible tells us nothing was made that was not made by Him. Jesus said that He could have commanded thousands of legions of angels to come to His rescue. We watched the demons cry out and say, Oh, Son of God, what do You have for us? And they were commanded to do whatever He told them to do in an instant. He could have prayed Satan off. But He did not. He did not pray that Satan would not desire Peter. He said, I have prayed that your faith fail thee not. I have prayed that your faith fail thee not. I pray you can hear this preacher tonight. The most important thing in this battle is over your faith. It's not about things. It's not about houses. It's not about wealth. It is about your faith. And I want you to know tonight the devil is after your faith. 
He is out to destroy your faith. He is out to take it away from you and cause you to doubt God and cause you to question the love of God and cause you to question the power of God. He is after you and He wants you to doubt that God cares. He wants you to doubt that God can. He wants you to doubt that God will. And faith is what God's concerned about. He said, I pray not that the thing doesn't happen, but when it happens that your faith does not fail you. You see, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. I mean, you can do multitudes of things. and You can be busy about this and busy about that. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. Brothers and sisters, God help us to see tonight. Lord, open our eyes that we might understand. It's about faith. It's about believing God. It's about believing what God said, even when all the world around you is saying, surely God has not said that. Surely God is not in control. Surely God does not love you if He would let people do such horrible things to you. And all of a sudden we're in a whirlwind where Satan has desired you and he is sifting you as wheat and your faith is being challenged. See, the battle's about faith. The question is, what do you do when God doesn't do what you thought God was going to do? You see, Peter had his idea. Peter had a plan on what it was going to look like. Peter had something in his mind of how it was all going to work itself out. And one day the rug was pulled right out from underneath of his feet. And his faith was tested. Jesus said, I'm not praying that you don't go through the trial. I'm not praying that Satan does not sift you, but I'm praying that your faith does not fail you. Jesus knew of the failure that was coming to Peter soon because of Peter's overconfidence. Peter was overconfident in his own strength. I'm going to tell you something tonight. I hope you receive it. Your greatest natural ability will often be your biggest spiritual downfall. Your greatest natural ability will often be your biggest spiritual downfall. You see, Jesus knew exactly where Peter was headed. Jesus knew what Peter would one day become. And there were some things He had to teach Peter about Peter's own self. And that was this. Peter, you need me in everything. You need me in everything. In other words, Peter, I know that you're tough. I remember in John chapter 6 
when I got up and I spoke about eating my flesh and drinking my blood and the multitudes left. And I looked to you and I said, will you leave also? And Peter said, Lord, where will we go? For you hold the words of eternal life. I remember that, Peter. And I remember that you were not afraid to to let the crowds leave and to stand for what you believed. But Peter, there is coming a time when you're going to have to learn that all of your strength and all of your manliness and all that you have is still not enough to stand the test of faith. You need me, Peter. If we were to ask the disciples, if we were to ask Peter himself, if we were to ask Peter's family, if we were to ask Peter's brothers and his mother and his father and everybody that knew him, if we were to ask this one question, what would Peter's colossal failure be in his life? Some would have said maybe he'll fly off the cuff sometime in anger and rage and, and, and hurt somebody. Maybe he would become so prideful that he would see himself as, as greater than everyone else and not be able to, to uh, be humble enough to reach anybody. But there's not one that ever would have said Peter will act like a coward and he would run in fear and deny the very God that he had given his life to. Nobody would have ever guessed that because that was his natural strength. You see, our natural strength We tend to leave it unguarded. We tend to think, I don't need God's help in this thing. But let not the wise man boast in his wisdom or the strong man boast in his strength. Brothers and sisters, no matter what your strengths are, we need God in everything. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Nothing. You take all the things that you do in your life, You take all the things that the people of this world who are enemies of God and have not surrendered to Jesus Christ, you take all the works that they do and all the humanitarian aid and everything that you could think of and you put it in one big pile and Jesus says, I define it with one word, nothing. I'm talking to you about a different world tonight. I'm talking to you about the world of God. I'm talking to you about the world of faith. The things we cannot see. Oh, God, open our eyes tonight to the things unseen. He was concerned about His face. Jesus had to teach Peter that, Peter, there's not anywhere in your life, nowhere, I don't care how strong you are, I don't care how tough you are, I don't care how much pride you have, and you think you would never, ever, ever break and fail me. You need to understand something, Peter, you're capable of failure. And unfortunately, because I've been trying to teach you this, and I've been trying to show you this, I'm going to have to let you go through some stuff, because there's some things you need to learn about yourself before you get a hold of what's ahead of you. I've got a ministry ahead of you, Peter. I'm going to need you in a big way. I've got a plan for your life, son. But you're going to have to learn some things about yourself before I can use you in that full capacity. I'm going to have to break you. And I'm going to have to show you that you need me in everything. Peter had too much faith in himself. And not enough faith in God yet. Can I say quickly, faith is believing God and what God has said. Faith is not just believing what I think God should do. 
Faith is not believing that God's going to do what I said. Faith is believing God. It's one thing to believe in God. Even the demons believe there is a God. James says you do good. But faith without works is dead. Faith says I believe God and because I believe God, I will obey God. Your greatest natural, number three tonight, your greatest natural ability will often be your biggest spiritual downfall. Peter should have prayed instead of argued. This was often his problem, and it's often the problem with us. We'd rather argue with God about our circumstances, argue with God about our situations, instead of praying. Number four tonight, Jesus said, I prayed for you that your faith failed thee not. But then he said this, when you have returned to me. When you return. When you return. First of all, it implies there would be a time of turning away. There would be a time in Peter's life when he would turn away. Peter said, I will die. I would go to death. Little did he know it was only a matter of hours before he would deny the Lord three times. Jesus said, when you return. In order for Peter to return, he would have to go away. Can I tell you that all of us, can we be honest tonight? Can we be honest? Brothers and sisters, all of us at some stage, at some level, at the depths of our heart, at the depths of our heart, our faith has turned at times. Because circumstances didn't happen the way we thought they should happen. Because somebody treated you wrong, because somebody did you wrong, because you weren't ready for what was ahead of you and all of the sudden, Confusion took over. And in the pain of the confusion, and in the pain of being done wrong, and and the devil jumps on your shoulders and says, if God really loved you, then why did He let that happen? If God was really for you, how could such things take place in your life? Confusion takes over. Can we just enter into Peter's experience for a moment. He was head disciple, if you will. He was always the most outspoken. He was always there in the Lord's inner circle. He was the one that spoke up and said, Lord, they can go, but where will we go? You're the one that holds the words of eternal life. And now all of a sudden, he's denied the Lord three times. Can I say I believe with all of my heart that Peter meant it with all of his heart when he said, I would die. I would die before I would ever do that. There's some of you, you've been there. You've thought to yourself, I would never do that. I would never get to that place. I would never turn that far from God. I would never go down that path. And it felt like overnight something happened. And you don't know what to do. And now all of a sudden Peter is away from the Lord. He doesn't even know how to get back. 
And he's thinking to himself, how foolish am I? He told me it was going to happen. He warned me that this would take place. How did I get here? How do I get to this place where I denied the Lord? And he's dead. And I did nothing but run like a coward. That's not me. I never run like a coward. I'm telling you, your greatest natural strength can be your biggest spiritual downfall. Because without God, we can do nothing. I'm telling you, when the devil grabs a hold of you and sifts you, you'll find yourself doing things you never would have done before. Oh, it's a confusing place. Peter's saying, how did I get to this place? How did this happen to me? There's nobody that loved me more than I did. And I know me, and I know that I loved Him, and I know that I wanted to serve Him, and I know I wanted to die by Him. And die for Him. And now all of a sudden I'm here. Jesus said, I prayed for you that your faith fail thee not. Listen to me closely tonight. Your faith is not formed in circumstances. Your faith is revealed in circumstances. And we can get mad at God all day long because our circumstances reveal our lack of faith. But you listen to this preacher tonight. Sometimes God lets the devil sift us to teach us where our faith really is. He said, when you return. I want to focus on the word when. It's my favorite word in that entire two Scriptures. He didn't say, Peter, you're going to turn from me. And if somehow, some way, you make it back. He didn't say, Peter, you're going to, be, you're going to make a huge failure. And if you pull out of it, he said, when? It implies there's coming a time when you're going to come up out of this thing, Peter. Oh, sometimes it seems like when is forever. Oh, some of you have been years. And you're thinking when. When is when? When is when? And I tell you tonight, there is a when. When you return. Paul said, I'm confident in this one thing, that he that began a good work in me will accomplish it. There are some of you here tonight, I don't know if you're here because you saw a commercial, because somebody invited you, because you thought it was just a Wednesday night service, or because you wanted to be here tonight. 
But I want you to know this. You're here by the divine will of God. And there are some folks here tonight you need to know there is a win in your life. When you return. God is not done with you yet. You have not gone too far from God. You have not fallen so far that grace cannot reach down and pull you up. And it is time that you understand there is a real devil. He is out to destroy you. Don't be surprised. Don't let your faith be shaken. Know this, that our God is greater and His plan for your life is not changed. And He loves you with a perfect love tonight. And there is a wind coming in your life. When you return. When you return. Can I say He came back stronger? He came back wiser. And He came back better. Brothers and sisters, Satan is going to fight us. He's going to fight us. But let our faith not fail us. Finally tonight, when you have returned to Me, strengthen your brethren. Strengthen your brethren. Lord, help me to get this out tonight. I want you to see that whole thought. Peter, Satan has desired you, but I have prayed that your faith has not failed you when you return to me. Strengthen your brethren. That was the command. Now, that was the only command that was given to Peter there. Strengthen your brethren. In other words, this whole thing plays its part in your purpose. Strengthen your brethren. In other words, it's bigger than you. This isn't just about you, Peter. It is bigger than you. And there are going to be some people that are going to come into your life that are going to need you to have gone through this and that are going to need you to come out of this thing stronger and wiser on the other side. Because Peter, there's coming a day when I'm going to ascend up into heaven and I'm going to turn those keys over to you and the church will be persecuted and people will wonder where the power of God is at times. And Peter, you're going to have to be their guide. You're going to have to stand up and you're going to have to say, I was there. I remember what it was like in the darkness of night. I remember what it was like to be confused and wonder how this could happen. Peter, he said, strengthen your brethren. It's bigger than you. Can I tell you tonight, your problem, it's bigger than you. It's not all about you. It's not all about you. I'm not saying tonight God's not concerned with us. He is. But He's concerned about our faith. That's what He's concerned about. We get so wrapped up in wanting God to build our earthly kingdom that we forget about building His heavenly kingdom. Can I tell you tonight, your life, it's not about you. You see, when it becomes about us, all of a sudden we become angry when we get attacked. And the attitude is, hey, if there's no reward in this thing, then why even preach it all? 
If people aren't going to appreciate what I do, and if people aren't going to appreciate my work, then why even do it at all? See, that happens when we get inward focus and we don't understand. This is bigger than us, folks. Brothers and sisters, it's bigger than you. God has a plan for your life tonight. It doesn't matter who you are. You were made by Him and you were made for Him, the Word of God tells us. He has a plan for your life and your problems and your circumstances. They are bigger than you. Finally, Peter would come. Actually, Jesus came to Peter the same way He's coming to some of you tonight. In Peter's despair. And He came to him and He asked him, Peter, do you love me? Can I tell you tonight, I believe God's really asking some of you that same thing. Do you love me? It's not about people. It's not about the payoff here on this side of heaven. We do what we do because He first loved us. Peter, do you love me? Peter said, yes. And I believe as we are discussing today, he said, you love me more than these. I have no doubt he was referencing the fish because that was Peter's life. He was a fisherman. You'll find that I believe three times prior to that, Peter left everything to follow the Lord, but then you find him fishing later. Jesus was basically saying, Peter, do you love me? Quit running back to the old way. Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know. Jesus said, feed my sheep. And he asked him the third time and responded the same way. Can I tell you something about God? God's not as hard on us as we often think. He surely could have lashed Peter if he wanted to. He surely could have reminded Peter, just a quick, Peter, I told you. Didn't I tell you, Peter? When, when are you going to get it through your thick skull? That's not what he said. And I tell you tonight, no matter where you're at, no matter how hard you have fallen, He loves you. He loves you. And you need to know there's an enemy that wants to destroy your ministry. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your home. He wants to destroy everything, every piece of faith that you have. Don't be surprised at the attack. Keep your eyes on God. Tonight I want to encourage you. Pick back up and serve the Lord. Parsons family, if you would come. Brian, would you help him there with the base? God loves you. I want to speak to two groups of people real quick. I'm done. Number one, I want to speak to you Christians here tonight. Especially those of you 
that are in that place where you're wondering, when is when? When does this end? You're going through things you never thought you'd have to go through. Just like Peter, you can say, Lord, I loved you and I served you and I gave it everything I had to give and now all of a sudden my world was turned upside down. God loves you. Get up. Get up and serve Him. Keep moving on. He is able to accomplish what He started in you. He is not done with you. Don't let your faith fail you. And then I want to speak number two tonight to those of you that if you're honest before God tonight, you'd say, Preacher, I don't even know God. The reality is, if tonight was my last night, and I had to stand before God, and I had to give an account, I'm positive He'd send me away. Depart from me. I never knew you. I've never honestly repented of my sins, preacher. I've never honestly given my life to God. And I beg you, don't go home tonight. Don't go home tonight without giving your heart to Jesus. He is God's answer to every one of man's problems. Father, move in this place right now in Jesus' name. Finish what you started here tonight, God. Finish what you started.